I found 1212 right after I miscarried our first baby and I got connected with them. And before 1212, I felt very alone. After I got connected with the podcast and the small groups, I had people to come alongside with me in this journey that I'm on. Impact stories like this one are only made possible by donors like you. To donate to 1212 Ministries, text the word 12 to 345-345. Thanks so much for partnering with us. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast here with my homegirl, Holly, and we're still just talking about Refined. It is, you know, Refined is in just a few weeks and we're so excited. The team is just preparing and doing all the things and we thought, hey, let's have another kind of just like throwback time of our last Refined in October. And so we're going to just hear from Peyton today. But Holly, before we jump in, how are you doing? Are you good? I'm doing great. You're just so good at this. I like (laughs) listening to you talk. (laughs) I just want to make sure you're good, friend. I'm doing great. I had the pleasure of getting to talk to Peyton. I actually sat by her at our last event. Yeah. um, And I just instantly was drawn to her and her calm spirit and demeanor. And then when she got up there and told her story, it was like mic drop, like so good (laughs) and really powerful. And just her sweetheart for women walking through just infertility and infant loss. I I really respect this woman. She's a powerhouse for the kingdom for sure. Yes, for sure. So major shout out to her organization, yes. which is called Gathering Hope. You guys, we will include some links um, in the show notes for sure. But here is Peyton's message at Refined. So good. You were made for more and created for such a time as this. Whether you are a mother or not, who you are and whose you are is completely wrapped up in God and not the positions or possessions of this world. Welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. I'm Nicole, serial entrepreneur, dream catcher, and founder of 1212 Ministries. Hey, and I'm Holly. I'm a mom and a wife and a woman that wants to walk alongside other women struggling through infertility and finding their identity as a mom. God is calling out to your purpose beyond motherhood, and we're holding the microphone so that you can hear it loud and clear. You are here for purpose and on purpose. Together, we can make a difference when we show up and view our puzzle pieces through the lens of Christ. Good evening, everybody. I kind of feel like we should just go home after you because that was like... <laughs> I um, I was just sharing with Holly that like I I'm not a speaker, but yet this is where God has me tonight. And so I can't wait to share a little bit of my story with you. Um, thank you so much to Nicole for including me in this event and allowing me to share some of my story. Uh, before I get into that, I have, a, I have a question for you. My preference is really to just be sitting down here with you instead of up here. Um, but how many of you have had a how did I get here moment in your life? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Who, who raised their hand? Me? Okay, great. I'm in good company. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> Not glad that that happened. That's not what I meant. I'm glad I'm not alone, and you're not alone either. My guess is many of us in this room questioned how we found ourselves in the company of other women facing loss or infertility. Maybe we talked ourselves out of coming 10 times before we signed up tonight. 
My guess, some of us drove here but had trouble getting out of the car, or we got lost three times on the way here. We had trouble walking through the door. Even if you were excited about the prospect of meeting other moms who understand what you're going through, you questioned how you landed here in the first place. I want to assure you that even if you're rethinking your attendance here tonight, my sincere hope is that you'll put that on the back burner for the next few minutes. One thing I've learned doing this type of work for several years now is that God orchestrates the most beautiful connections out of our deepest pain. You are in just the right place. Something you uh, may not know about me is that I thrive in deep conversation. Um, and what I want you to know about that is that I can go deep pretty quickly. I don't know about you, but um, after the loss of my son, my tolerance for surface-level conversation really dissipated pretty quickly um, because I found myself at rock bottom in terms of my emotional, mental, and even my physical health. Um, so I, ho I hope that you can appreciate my need for candidness. In fact, I, I'm willing to bet every one of you can. Um, there's something about finding yourself in a dark pit of grief that changes you, that causes a shift in the things you used to consider important. They're now trivial. When I look back on the last several years, there have been too many of those how did I get here moments that I was just talking about. And not the good kind. It's more of the this is so bad it should be a lifetime movie. Well, I'm so glad someone got that, because if you didn't get that reference, um, then you are probably not what is termed a geriatric millennial, like myself. <laughs> um, isn't that sweet, geriatric millennial? I was born in 1981, if that helps anybody. Just turned 40 this year. What I'm getting at is I've experienced a kind of sadness, anger, and deep sorrow that makes you feel like you're living someone else's life. Hard, sad, devastating stuff happens to other people, right? Not many people know that not only did I lose my son James, but I almost lost my life as well. During my labor, I had a placental abruption and then a uterine rupture, leaving him without oxygen, which ultimately was the cause of his death. The trauma to my uterus, which is coming out next month, <laughs> was nearly the cause of mine. Because of the tremendous pain I was in and the much needed recovery I was facing, my husband took care of all the details for our son's funeral that I was physically unable to do. But I will never forget walking up a hill in the cemetery on a bright, sunny, beautiful April afternoon to see the spot my husband had so carefully chosen where, he, where our son would be buried. While it was absolutely perfect, chosen with such tender care and affection by a father for his son, I could not grasp that this was my reality. And if it was my reality, I wanted no part of it. 
that moment and so many others in the days, weeks, months, and yes, years afterwards. It felt like I was outside of my body, watching someone else's life right before my eyes. Like the time I found myself lying on the ground of his nursery, pounding my fists on the floor next to the crib where he should be. Or the time I drove my oldest to school and had no idea how I'd gotten there because I was replaying James's short life in my head over and over and over. I wanna make two little side points about this. I have, I have had therapy for that. <laughs> but I am also 100% positive that there are angels that just like ride around on top of our cars of grieving people, um, getting them where they need to be because that happened to me more than one time. Or the time I found myself sobbing in a bathroom on the first day of a new semester of Bible study because I couldn't bear to introduce myself. I didn't want to be who I was. You know, when you're in a new setting, particularly at church, and part of what you say is, I'm so-and-so, I've been married for this amount of years, and I have a kid this age, and a kid this age. What do you say when one of those kids has died? I was still new in my grief, and I had no idea how to navigate that one, and sometimes I still don't, if I'm being honest. I sat and cried in that bathroom for what seemed like an hour, although I'm sure it was just a few minutes. Um, second side note, let's be better with our intro questions, right? Like, you are probably way cooler than the babies you've birthed or who you're married to. Let's do better at that. <laughs> I mean, I like them and all, but I want to ask you a second question. And I can guarantee, even though we've already raised our hands, I can guarantee the kind of people I'm talking to are going to raise their hands simply because they just can't help it. Who in here considers themselves a doer? And what I mean by that is you're very driven by goals. You're very action item oriented. In Enneagram language, you might consider yourself a three, an eight, or maybe even a one. When James died, it was one of the only times I'd ever not achieved a goal that I set for myself meaning that I was gonna birth this baby like the boss that I am, and in the midst of it, I lost complete and utter control of the situation. And it wasn't just during labor and delivery either. In the months afterwards where I found it incredibly difficult to function, just to do basic daily tasks. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Losing him created a forced stillness, which is completely contradictory for action-oriented people. Despite my struggle to function, I was still gonna try and control things. For me, that looked like my counselor telling me, Peyton, Peyton, you know you can't get an A in grief, right? Did you know that? If I was gonna grieve, I was gonna do it right. When I saw that the theme verse for tonight was Exodus 14, 14, I wondered where God was gonna take this conversation. In case you need a refresher on the verse, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. 
If you look this up in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I don't know about you guys, but not once has ever someone telling me, just stay calm, actually helped me to stay calm. Um, I've tried that with my eight-year-old. It doesn't work with her either. I'm guessing it doesn't work with you. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's the, it, it creates the opposite response in me, even though I'm 40. <laughs> Uh, but what you, what you need to learn and know about this verse, if you read through all of chapter 14, you'll see that Moses is saying this to the Israelites. We kind of talked about this at the beginning. They're trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. But I want to I back up a little bit and get the full picture to see what God does. So verse 13, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Then in 15, the Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And then he proceeds to lay out how he's going to save the Israelites and ensure that everyone, including both the Israelites and the Egyptians, understand his power and his glory. So through the rest of chapter 14, you see in great detail how the Red Sea parts, the army is destroyed, and then in verse 31 it says, Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. God acted on their behalf when there was nowhere to go, no way out of their desperate struggles. It is not out of our own strength that we can save ourselves from depression, anxiety, worry, complexity in our relationships, doubt, or anything else that accompanies those of us on this journey. But when we look to God to act on our behalf, he will. He will create a pathway out of our grief pit so that we can go forward. We can take the next step toward healing, whatever that may look like. And then another, and then another, and then another. Some of you may not even be able to see out of the pit you're in, and you can't imagine that there's a way out of it. But being part of a community like 1212, this could be how you start that process, by journeying with other women who understand you. Maybe it's making that first appointment with a counselor and then actually going to that appointment that you made. Maybe it's writing your story or sharing it with someone that you trust. When you're in a Red Sea situation where all you can do is be still, start watching for God. The Lord used that forced stillness to build my trust and to create a rhythm of communication with me that has been truly transformational. And he started with small things like, let's get dressed today. Let's take a shower. Maybe let's walk to the mailbox. Go stand outside in the sun. 
over time, he built my belief in him. And he gradually began to speak to me about the direction he was going to take my life, ultimately culminating in the formation of Gathering Hope and every twist and turn, and there have been many since then. And he has made sure to drive home to me that this is for his glory. I was not created to do things on my own. Just like Moses couldn't part that sea within his own power. Spending time with God will shape us and mold us into women who let him do the heavy lifting. Crafting our moments of greatest need into experiences that will strengthen us to go forward. In 2 Corinthians 12, the Lord says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. What more could we want than to be perfect? Paul goes on to say, Therefore I will boast about my weaknesses, because when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, God's power, it rests on me, and it rests on you. Please don't mistake what I'm saying for rushing through your grief. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. The Bible says that there's a time for lament and tears and his timing to open the path for your steps toward healing may not be the same as the person next to you. It might not look the same, but it will come and you will know that it was God who made a way for you to go forward. I'm a firm believer that we don't get over our losses. But seven years later, I can tell you that we do move forward. Occasionally, we take a few steps back, but the Lord is faithful, and I love that you drove that, that point home. The Lord is faithful to pick up our shattered pieces and help get us back on the path to healing. Friends, I encourage you to soak up God's power in whatever situation you find yourselves in right now. Ask him what your next step or even your first step might be and invite him to join you in whatever direction he points next. Thank you. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. We are so grateful for you and thank you each week for tuning in. Can you do us a quick favor? Can you go wherever you are listening to this podcast and subscribe, rate, and share this with a friend? Thank you so much. Number two, we're still on Patreon, you guys. We want to connect with you over on Patreon. So yeah, we've got some exclusive things, but no, it's less about the things and more about the community. So we want to see you over there. Lastly, it's April, so it's Refined Month. We can't wait to see you in person in Frisco, Texas. There is still time to register, so do not miss out. And don't worry, if you're not in the DFW area, you can still attend and purchase a streaming ticket. We want to connect with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you next week.